Welcome to Hammer Down. Down. Number one sports gambling podcast coming out of the Pat McAfee Incorporated offices. We are in those offices. I am your host, Tone Diggs. We will be joined by the aforementioned Pat McAfee uh, in one second when he gets into the room. I am joined right now in the room by the man who delivers all the trends, stats, and information that you need to make your best bets. Uh, our friend Gump, Bubba Gumpino. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you, Tony? And on the phone, joining us via FaceTime, former NFL GM. Host of the Lombardi Line, the GM Shuffle Pod. Uh, he writes for The Athletic. And make sure you subscribe to The Daily Coach, Michael Lombardi. Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. How are you guys today? I, huh? We feel great. We feel great. And now joining us in uh, a chair that uh, our coworker bought uh, to do taxes on the weekend, uh, Pat McAfee, how are you doing? This chair is really nice well yeah it was made for lawyers and and accountants who sit in chairs all day long and i'm doing good how you guys doing i got kicked in the mouth last night michael lombardi i got kicked in the mouth i didn't see it what happened pat i got kicked in the mouth twice <laughs> Bison. kicked in, i got bamboozled oh man i know i got a swollen jaw a little bit but you know us guys we're tough guys we'll get through it we're it's not fight through. hey listen anybody that ever said they ever got punched in the face you gotta question that person immediately on anything that they've ever been ever done you know what i mean yeah and like in the mouth, you ain't you ain't going anywhere. Exactly, no, 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 no. you have to bounce back from a kick in the mouth at least once in your life to really say you've been through some stuff. You know P- what I mean? Places where we're raised, where you're raised, Michael, not where Gumby's raised, but where we're raised, Rust Belt. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Diggs got knocked out with two of his friends with by one guy. I did. That happens. You're gonna get caught sometimes. You just gotta get yours more than you get caught. He though. was six eight three. He was six eight. Neighborhood, huh? Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Wait. Main streets. White trash, dude. Come on. Guy that I got knocked out by was six eight three thirty. He was a former uh, O lineman, and he's now an O line coach. So. <laughs> Columbo is his yeah, name. Yeah, Columbo. Yeah, him and jo- Joe Judge got knocked out by the same guy. Plum. Not all white trash, by the way. A lot of good people, but boy, there is some parts. <laughs> some sides, you know, just like any town, Michael. Hey, there's. You think there's any truth to uh, old Joe Judge going at Columbo or the other way around? I I think it was heated. Look, here's what happened. Gooch was going in there anyway. Gooch was going to come in and be the voice of, of help for Joe. The, the Gay Lielmo. Joe, Joe's consultant. He was going to be his consigliere. The Gooch. And he wanted him to kind of look things over, give him his opinion, and then Joe would do whatever what he wanted to. And I guess when Columbo heard those that news, you know, it, it didn't resonate very well with him, and he took it, got pissed off, and you know, and then uh, there was a verbal shouting. I was told there wasn't a fight, but Colombo was out, really mad about the decision, and life goes on. I mean, I, I actually think Joe became a head coach that day that it happened. He made a decision that's not popular based on what he was seeing on the tape, based on the development of the young players. And, you know, and he made a tough decision. And I think deeper than that goes into Joe's used, and there's a coach on the coaching staff, Jerry Shemlinski, who was with us in New England. Jerry understands what the techniques and fundamentals within the Patriots, how they teach offensive line play. And I think there's just a philosophical difference between how the Cowboys approached it with Jason Garrett and how they approach it in New England. New England's always about inside-out setting. They're they're not going to let you get inside the quarterback. It's going to be inside out set, the way you punch, the way you vertical, the way you do all the techniques. And I think it was a wrong hire for Colombo. Joe didn't want to hire Colombo initially. Jason Garrett wanted Colombo. 
and he acquiesced to his assistance, and I think this is usually what happens. Okay, a couple quick questions. Does the Colombo family knock it along with the Gooch family? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I No, I think Gooch was really a drive-by in this. I think Gooch was just a, an innocent bystander that he was up for the job. Uh, and Who is this guy? Is he a known guy? Dave Dugalamo. He was in there in, in Indianapolis. He came in with Josh McDaniels at the Colts, right? And then when Josh didn't come to the Colts, he was left at the Colts. He coached that one year with Frank Wright, really? and then Frank Wright got rid of him because he didn't hire him. So oh. the old line's been a lot worse this year with Indianapolis too, Mike. Yeah, well, look, I, you know, they have Gooch is a good coach. I was with Gooch in New England. He's a good coach. Now, he's had kind of a bouncing career because he's always been the guy that comes in, you know, and – and those are never – whenever you come in, it's not a good situation, and, and he gets you get blamed for it. But this one was really – this is Joe made a mistake in who he hired originally, and he corrected it 10 games into the season. 100% sure there's no fight, you? I am, yeah. Okay. Well, put that to bed then. Yeah, that's yeah, what happens well, I, when you listen to Jason Garrett. And I did hear that <laughs> – <laughs> and, and I did hear that um, Joe Judge has been uh, paying attention more the last few weeks to the offensive line, which has turned uh, – which has led to them potentially turning around a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, look, their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, the rookies played horrible. I mean, he doesn't look very good to what they won, and the line hasn't played well. So it was – there's really – Look, the way the way New England runs their offense and the way Dallas under Garrett runs their offense are basically two diametrically different things. And I would say this. The only thing I would say to this is if I were Jason Garrett, I don't think that your future in New York is going to be very much longer. Oh, not you, get, you think not that you get fired? But philosophically, there's just a wide gap. You'd be better off going somewhere else. Hey, I think offensive line coach, especially to those rookies, is a pretty important thing, especially coming out of college, right? Especially now more than ever. So if you're not seeing good development out of a guy that you drafted, left tackle there, rookie guy, uh, you would assume that, oh, okay, maybe he's either, is this guy a lost cause or is it maybe development isn't going the way it's going? And if you guys are saying that Joe Judge has been paying attention more to the offensive line the last couple of weeks, they've been playing good football the last couple of weeks, they've been winning games, uh -huh. putting themselves in the driver's seat. This is, uh, it got blown up. Very, who who do you think spread the rumor that they fought, though? Like, how does that even get out of the building, you think? You think that's... I don't know. Jason McIntyre is a, is a guy that usually wired into the Jets, not necessarily the Giants, you know. Who knows how anything gets started, you know. I, I can't predict it, but I do know that I was told unequivocally it didn't happen in the building. So, you okay. know, who knows? Uh, I mean, that's unless wild. you were there really know unless john clayton from espn confirms <laughs> that we really won't know hey, i think shefty's yeah. now. hey michael Shout i used out. to walk by john clayton when i was at owners meetings or being around and i said john can you confirm that i'm actually in this room right now <laughs> and would always oh uh, yeah no matter what who broke a story yes they confirmed it it was like you know pat mcafee is punting for the colts now confirmed by espn well, they still do that by the way john clayton forest hills pittsburgh guy yeah shout out yeah. the professor uh duquesne grad john was a john was wired at one time in this national football league there's no doubt worked hard too well yeah and then when he was on his way out he put out one of the best espn commercials of all time and all then time. he sailed off into the sunset like a lot of them are going to do at espn that sunset's going down quick <laughs> Hey, Michael, shout out your new haircut, by the way. It looks great. Was that uh, – did I you – I had to go get it done. I mean, trying to find a barber in Ocean City. I'm the son of a barber, and I had a hard time finding a barber in this town. <laughs> so, wait, in your family, you're either a football coach or a barber? 
Well, we only have one barber, and that's all we have. That's Barbershop Mike. He's at a rest home right now, 20 blocks from me. He's trying to fight off that uh, the whole home. There's like 15 cases of COVID in his, in his uh, as Tony Soprano would say, his retirement community, not a nursing home. And so he's up there hanging out. Yeah. He needs to not cut any hair if there's 15. He <laughs> yeah. needs to cut his own he's, hair. He'll be 94 in January. I think Italians live long, right? Oh, yeah. Italians live a long time. Yeah, there's that town in New York, Rome, that Malcolm Gladwell talked about in Blink, in The Outliers, you know, where the, that town just had a longer longevity of, of it because I think they have less stress. Well, it's the olive oil. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, it's probably also because you guys are pulling the strings on, like, anything that could potentially cause stress, you know, like any financial <laughs> trouble, legal trouble. You guys are controlling it all, you know what I mean? That's pretty – it's hard not to – it's easy not to stress things whenever you guys are literally controlling it. Like, a lot of people in the office right now are stressing about getting the new PS5, and I called my brother. He's like, I got the newest PS5. I said, how did you do that? He said, I don't know. Dad said it fell off the back of a uh, back of a truck. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. No stress at all. <laughs> uh, speaking of stress – we didn't have our best. We didn't have our best week last week. You and know, we concluded with a bad Monday too. I mean, how oh, bad are the Bears? I know you guys covered it on the show, but was that just one of the worst offensive performances? You like, Pat? I think your rant on Tuesday was really well timed about the announce. Like at some point. Mm -hmm. Don't you just go berserk on how bad it was for Chicago? Like, you can't keep saying lasers calling good plays when they can't get three first downs. Well, especially with a new offense coordinator right at this point, because at some point somebody has to tell the story on there. Like, is it not just who's calling the shots? Maybe it's the offense as a whole, and it's like the entire – maybe it's the culture. Maybe it's – court. like, there's, there's some way that you have to talk about it. And the commentator thing, I normally stay away from it, just strictly because – I mean, people, I've done it in the past. I enjoyed it, and I never want to look like a hater where I'm bashing somebody who potentially got a job over me, which is definitely the case, but I don't want that job at any point in my life because it's a lot of traveling. It's a very hard job. Like, I get it, the traveling and everything like that. So I've always just tried not to look like a hater at all. After Sunday, it, it, it just got to a point where I couldn't take it anymore. Like, I, I, I got to say something because it feels like you're not learning while watching the game anymore, mm -hmm. and maybe that's because they think that since it's 101 years into this thing – but the game, there's so much still to be told about the game and situations that only occur in certain times in, in the games. I mean, it's just there's so much that I think can still be taught about the game that can happen during the game. And it feels like it's just not. It, you get dumber listening to some things. No, you do. And, and, and I'm with you. Like, I don't ever want to be in – like, I would never want to be Riddick or Brian Greasy. What I always thought there was a role for somebody, which I thought was to somebody to explain – you know, what's really happening on the sidelines and what's going on and what the adjustments are. Take the fan into the game, inside the game. Like, instead of saying, you know, this player's not coming back, basically just reading mm -hmm. the press clip. But I'm with you. I mean, look, it's really – there's so much strategy in it. There's so much chess maneuvering in it that when you just let it go without commentating on it, it's really, really poorly uh, constructed. I mean, the Eagle game – you know, there, there were so many opportunities in that game to talk about really what was happening. And uh, just every game that you go through, you see it. That's why I have the good mute button next to me. <laughs> Eyes on. I was, I'll go a little peek behind the curtain here. When my name was allegedly up for Monday Night Football, I, I don't know if that was just to appease the internet that was doing things because 
My followers on Twitter are the coolest people of all time. You should not be following along like you do. You guys are awesome. I thank you. We all enjoy the shit out of the people that follow yep. along with us. It is the coolest thing of all time. We're very thankful. But it got very loud on the internet for me to potentially do Monday Night Football, right? It got very loud. And at some point, I guess my name was potentially in a conversation piece. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, so if the internet makes it loud and these people don't want me to be there, but they like... If somehow, someway, even though it's an incredible long shot, I get this gig, like, yo, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to fucking crush it. And I sent a text to Lombardi. And I was like, hey, if I get this job, is there any way I can get like an hour and a half, two hours of your time a week where you can potentially talk to me about how the team was built from the top down, what their entire philosophy is, why they're doing what they're doing and what you're seeing. And I was going to do that with AQ Shipley at the offensive line play. I was like, hey, can I sit down for, can you just, he was, if he wasn't playing, obviously he's playing now, he wouldn't be able to do it, but can you just watch the film here? And I was going to, that was something I was really looking into. And I feel like that's potentially something that is not done. And that is maybe an idea people should get into if they're going to call games. Yeah, I, I think what people want – people don't want to know about technique of the defensive back or, or what the next play – I mean, they want to know what the – but they want to know why things are happening and what the adjustments are and what's happening mm -hmm. in the game and the flow of the game, the big picture part of the game. And, and when you don't – and when you don't manage that and you don't understand that or talk about situational football as it exists, then you really lose your whole chance. I mean, look at the – Look at the Patriots on Monday, on Sunday night. They dominate the middle eight. They dominate the middle eight. They score a touchdown to end the half. They score a touchdown to begin the half. They win the half. They start the game off with the with the black pieces on the chessboard and end up with the white pieces, which if you have black, you should never win against the top player. And they did it because they flipped the middle eight. And no one ever talked about the middle eight. No one ever brought it up. And so you playing? Are you playing chess at a master level or a grandmaster level? Chess. What's that? I'm sorry. You playing chess at a master level or a grandmaster? I, I don't really. I love chess. I don't play it enough to get better. I need to, you need to play it a lot more. But I think the strategy involved in chess, the ability to see chess and football are really similar in this sense. Is the chess board is really about the board. Who can control the middle of the board wins in chess and how you do that. And it's the same thing with football. If you can control the middle of the field, you're going to win football games. You know, and you could talk about throwing the ball outside the numbers and doing all that, but when you control the middle of the field and you control the middle of the field, the middle of the board, you're going to win more games. And that's the essence of the game. And if you make mistakes, like if you make a mistake in a, in a chess match, you're going to pay for it. There's turnovers in chess. There's turnovers in football. And those unforced errors that you make in chess – cost you just like those unforced errors in football cost you and sometimes in chess it's a pawn battle that you're getting into and sometimes your rooks and knights are getting involved in it too and those are two different styles of games it is very similar isn't it and queen's gambit by the way is awesome i'm assuming <laughs> it's you... really good pat it's i love it it's i, got I watched more. the whole thing i watched the whole thing i love it did you do it have you seen it all i've got two more my wife and i have two more to go on it hey it gets pretty hey you got some shit coming yeah, you got some real big shit coming. That's what I'm, uh, it, it, the the show was great. I think the part that I really enjoy about it is how much they study prior games. I'm going to write this for the Daily Coach, which I think is really important. You brought this up about it, about what you would have done if you'd have been Monday night. I don't think there's enough time spent on studying the games that yes. you just played. Yeah. I think everybody's in such a rush to get to the next game that if you don't study, like I'll give you a perfect example. Philadelphia Eagles this week playing Cleveland. Now, typically in my head, the Eagles' run defense is usually pretty good with Jim Schwartz. And if you don't, but but in the last 
this season, they have been a disaster. They gave up 151 last week to the Giants. I think they gave up 139 the week before. They haven't stopped anybody from running the football at all. So they're playing Cleveland, which can run the ball. And now you're wondering why that line's starting to move to Cleveland because of that. And so if you don't study what's happened in the past or the other games, you have a hard time figuring these games out. Uh, Pat asked Aaron this week about um, looking across the line and trying to pick up keys and stuff like that. And he said that there's so much of that now that that's going back and self-scouting is almost more important than doing the actual, like it was in the past, scouting of the team that you're coming up and playing. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's, you know, receiver splits, you know, whether when you have, your, you know, what, what the stances are of the offensive linemen, you know, where the motion is, what they're creating. The You know, sometimes the line splits are a little lighter when they're running the ball away or whatever. There's so many keys that you've got to pick up, and that's why Peyton loved it when he didn't have motion. Peyton wanted no motion in his offense, not because he didn't want creativity, because he wanted to be able to really study everything. And so – then what people did against Peyton was they called it wooden statues. They stayed still until the last five seconds of the play clock, and then they tried to rotate to where they were going. Is that but what Peyton Bill did? Is so that what good Bill at did? Figuring out some of the ways it was happening that he could get a jump on it. Is that what Bill did to Peyton? Because Peyton struggled with Bill, right? Is that what he? Right. And what, what point were you there when Bill was like? Ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just until five. He's not going to be able to make any adjustments for five seconds left in the play clock. We'll just go until then every single time. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't in the building with him. I was in the building. When we were in Denver, but it, it was always the same thing. It was the same conversation. Whenever you played Peyton, you had to show him the same look, just like he was showing you. You know, because if you if you played the Sicilian defense against him, ah, he knew how to open kill or you. close, open or close. Yeah, I mean, he knew how to kill you. So you had to play it differently. And you had to dare. And so mostly what you try to do is mess around with the run to force him to run the ball, to see if he would actually keep calling runs and not get impatient. Like, I, like I'll give you another example, Philadelphia. Do you realize Philly averages, I think, six yards? Uh, in the last five games, they've averaged six yards a carry. and their passing games, they average 6-4. Why wouldn't they run it more than they throw it? Because Peterson's lost his damn mind if he ever had it. Oh, Gumpy. Jesus. This... I mean, him and Carson went something. I don't know what's going on there, Mike. They stink. Do you think they hate each other? So, there has to be something there. I mean, really, when you break it down, they have, they've averaged – in the last five weeks, they've averaged 6.05 per carry and 6.45 passing. Jeez. And yet they insist on trying to run the ball. Yeah, they're Throw... no – they're and their two they? biggest plays on offense this year were runs. Here's here's and to your point, they're number four in the league in yards per rush, but they are number thirtieth in the league in rushing percentage on how many times they rush the ball. They are thirty first in the league in yards per pass, yet they pass the ball third most in the league. <clears throat> That's so. What, Pate, what what Aaron was saying to you? If you don't self scout yourself, and you don't understand who you are. Then you're just you're doomed to fail, and that's why if you don't study these past games like chess players do, then you're just really going to make a lot of mistakes. Were you a chess fan before this? I was not a chess fan at all. I watch this, and I thought it was about like the Queen of England or whatever. And my my lady basically got us to watch it or whatever. I am so intrigued. I almost want to learn how to play chess now because I think my brain would be a good brain for you, chess. Yeah, you 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 see, you, you know, you know who's really good at chess. I think offensive play callers are good at chess. Like Matt Nagy probably would not be a good chess <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. 
You know, I mean, you sh it's always about how you're setting things up to come in for the kill. Yeah, I, I, I've loved it. I was in high school. I was in a chess club. I no. tried to learn. You know, I, I learned it. I don't. I didn't. You got to play it a lot. Jim Schwartz and I used to play when we were together at the Browns. He was really good at it. His mind worked. He could see five or six things ahead. I think if you're any, if you're a football coach, you should learn how to. You should really study chess. I still need to watch Queen's Gambit. It's good. I will be doing that. It's slow, like everybody thought I would hate it, but it's really good. It's a good story, and the acting in it is like super. Duper, yeah, you know what I mean? it's, like, it's really good, and I thought they did a good job with the with the mother and the girl. You know, yeah. especially in an adoptive family, there you, there could have been a lot of hostility and anger. I thought it was you know it was a it was a really warm relationship. I thought they wrote that really well. Yeah, me too. All right, I wanted to do this thing because I when we I started the week, I looked at the standings and I was like, oh, there's a lot of tight divisional races. I wanted to go through, have us pick the uh, tight divisions. And then we will get back into some other picks. Uh, first division, AFC East. Bills are seven and three. Dolphins are six and three. Bills are minus three fifty favorites. Uh, is anyone potentially sprinkling some on the plus three hundred Miami Dolphins or plus sixteen hundred New England Patriots? I mean, look, Miami. The last five weeks is five and zero. Oh. You know, they got a plus five uh, turnover takeaway. You know. And everybody's two is three and oh. Two has only made one play in those three games over twenty five yards. One play. No. You know, he's averaged six point eight yards per attempt. But that doesn't mean he's not playing good. That means he's playing complimentary football to their offense and their defense. And I, I think the way they're playing in all three units, they are really hard to beat. They're a better defense than Buffalo. Are they as explosive as Buffalo on offense? Probably not, but they're really good at controlling the pace and their kicking game has mm -hmm. created turnovers. Yeah, they're definitely better on defense. Their special teams is one of the best in the league, correct? Yes. Yeah, very, very good. Punter's really good. Kicker's unbelievable. He's missed one, I think, this season, right? Yeah, he missed one last and, game. Yeah, but then he made one immediately afterwards, which normally that's a good test for a kicker is immediately after your first miss after having a long streak. Can he bounce back or not? I like the Dolphins a lot. And Tua seems to be making the right decisions. Like, that, that is the most impressive thing to me is he got dropped in there, obviously, after a bye week in the situation with Fitzmagic or whatever. And he, he just feels like, now granted, that first game, you can't really tell shit from. 93 passing yards, they had the lead or whatever. They are going to win that thing because of defense, special teams, everybody's so good. But these last two games, the, the shootout with Kyler, this last one here, I mean, it feels like he's making the right decisions. And, and he seems confident, and the team's rallying behind him. And, and now the Buffalo Bills, now granted, they also have games like that too around Josh Allen. So that's a really tough one. And oh, oh, oh. If you don't talk about Bill Belichick, I mean, what are we even doing? Uh, what are we even doing? That would be my only worry with the Dolphins is the end of their schedule. They go versus the Chiefs, versus the Patriots, at the Raiders, at the Bills. Oh, I mean, that's a that tough four-game stretch. But if you want it, you got to go get it. Yeah, you know, Pat's right. If you're good enough, you'll beat those. You can got a chance to play. If you're going to be a playoff team, you got to play good. You got to beat good teams. You're not going to be able to beat the Vanderbilt along the way. Uh, the AFC <laughs> South, the uh, Colts are six and three, and the Titans are six and three. Uh, the odds on that is Colts minus one sixty five. They currently hold the tiebreaker after beating the Titans last week. I like. Uh, I it, we've talked about it before. It all depends on the, the. To me, it depends on the defense the Colts are facing. If they can put pressure on Rivers, they're going to lose. If they can't, the Colts are going to win. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I went back and studied the Colts this week. You know, I, th I mean, the Titans this week, and I think more than anything, their passing game has really come back down to earth. I think since Lawan's injury, they've only had six plays over 25 yards in the last five weeks. I mean, they haven't been as 
on third down. They can't make explosive plays in the passing game, and and Tannehill's yards per attempt is is in going increasingly down. Their offense, even though their defense isn't very good, their offense has really failed them. They're only at fifty eight percent completion percentage, you know, and and they've lost two or three of the last four games, and they've only turned the ball over one time. Yeah, Tannehill is coming back down to earth a bit. Yep. I would favor the Colts here just because I do think their defense is good. It's fast and it's hard to play. How do you think they'll do this weekend against uh, Green Bay? Hey, did you hear Darius is not happy with, yeah, with um, Fred Warner? On our well, post game, he said it as well. So not just on our show. He said Fred Warner of the Niners, who he has a personal relationship with, by the way, in like they've trained together and he's friends with them or whatever. He said he thinks he's the best inside linebacker in the NFL. And I, I assume Aaron was doing that because he thinks he's up there in the upper echelon of great inside linebackers and he doesn't get enough credit for it, right? I assume that's why Aaron's doing it, being a friend like that. But Darius Leonard's not happy with him saying that. I guess he does feel slighted. So maybe a motivated Colts defense this weekend against Aaron Rodgers. That Colts defense is good. Do you think Aaron be able to figure it out or what are your take on that, that defense? I mean, Aaron, the last two weeks, has thrown for over nine yards per attempt in the passing game. He's made some plays, especially getting some guys back healthy. I think this game really comes down to can the Packers stop the Colts' running game? If they stop the Colts' running game and put the pressure on them, I think the Packers are, are going to be hard for them to beat. He'll know what they're in coverage-wise. He'll be able to make all those decisions. Uh, you know, I think this is a game where he'll go into the game feeling really comfortable. He can throw the football to where he needs to, and his line's got to protect. Bakhtari's back, so that helps a lot. Mm, you know, paid. Billy Turner played horrible last week at right tackle. they got to get better over there, or else, you know, that could be a problem for him. But, you know, he's played really well. That win game up there was hard. He still threw for over nine yards of completion. Pat, is it surprising to you? NFC South, uh, Saints are seven and two, Bucks are seven and three. Saints are minus two fifty favorites to win the division. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty intrigued by this. And uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, what Jameis Winston's going to? We're going to see yeah. how this is going to go with Sean Payton, I guess, with Jameis. Or maybe they'll split time with Taysom like they did last week at the end of the game. Taysom comes in for the runs, but defenses will figure that out. So they'll have to have a couple passes in there. You, who knows what Sean Payton will do? He'll be able to figure it out. But with Tampa. Is their offensive line going to play like it did this past weekend? You know, is their offensive line going to be able to make holes for Rojo for 98-yard runs off your own back? Whenever your playbook's only this big, the other team knows what you're going to do, basically, in the pop-off a 98-yarder, giving Tom time, maybe having a false start or, or, or something like that, which could potentially have Tom yell at you in public. Will the offensive line be able to do that? And if they will, I like Tampa Bay going forward. Like, I, I do like Tampa. But I think for them, at this point, I would have thought that they would uh, be like ready going, mm -hmm. and they did this past week, but nothing has shown that they'll be able to continue to do that. There's still some potential growing pains, and I think they'll both obviously get into the playoffs. I don't think that's even going to be a question, but to win the NFC South, it's going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. Michael, what do you think? I, uh, or I'm sorry, Gumby. I, I, I just think the Rams is the perfect test for the Bucs on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Good defense. Let's see the Bucs play how they did against Carolina, see if they can do it back-to-back -back games. And if Pierre Paul can get pressure on Goff, that could be good news for Bulls' defense there. Yeah, I, and look, without Andre Whitworth, that's going to be a hard game for the Rams. I mean, I know they put Note Bloom in there at left tackle, but they kind of shut it down against Seattle, and they, 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 they were concerned about their line in the second half without, without Whitworth in there. That's going to give them problems. I think the Bucks are the kind of team that gives Goff a lot of problems. Pressure from everywhere. They'll stop the run, put the ball on him. 
you know, look, I, I never saw Russell Wilson play any worse than he did last week. So I like the Bucks. I think the Saints are one of those really tough-minded teams. They win close games. I mean, they in the last five, they've won two in overtime, and they've won one by three points. And then they've blown out two other teams. I mean, they really play really well close games. This will be a hard game for them this week, though. And then that's a good segue into the last division I want to talk about, the NFC West. Cardinals are 6-3. and three, Rams are 6-3. and three, Seahawks are 6-3. and three. Segue into night. Cardinals at Seahawks. Currently, it was two and a half earlier. I believe it's bounced back up to minus three. Oh, nice. Seahawks are the home favorites. Nice. We're getting more. <laughs> Seahawks are the home favorites. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Oh, is that? Hot? Is that I'm going to listen. I'm going to hear what Mike, what do you think about tonight's game? Well, look, I think there's everything in my my category says to take the the the, uh, the Cardinals. Yes. I think the Cardinals should have been the favorite in this game, and I think everybody's power ranking has them as the favorite. But let just in the last two games, I mean, the C- Arizona's one and two against them. Both teams gave up over 500 yards in the last two games. But this Arizona Cardinal team has not gained less than 400 yards since the Carolina. Oh. They've only had five turnovers in five weeks. They've they've had nothing less than 127 yards rushing. They've been really good. They've had five, in the five games they're three and two. But you know they've lost that uh, they've lost a couple games. They've won four out of five. I'm sorry. And the one game that they lost, they had a chance to win that. They, they've played resiliency, resilient, and I think that they know how to attack Seattle's defense. Meanwhile, I think Seattle knows how to attack Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think it's a back-and-forth game. Here's the thing that drives me oh, no. away from Arizona a little bit is, and Pat knows this better than anybody, if, if Seattle doesn't win this game, I don't think they can win the West. Dead. Fact, they can win the West. This is, this is for the West or not. And that, that has to drive them. Michael, what do you think about 62% of the money being on Seattle, but the line going from them being minus five and a half now down to minus three? I think that I think everybody's thinking in their heart Seattle has to win this game. And then when you look at the, and the numbers are staggering in favor of Arizona. I, I, you know, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I think I got to take Arizona in the points. Just just me if I had to lean any direction. Dogs are barking. <laughs> the dogs are barking. Gumpy, what do you got for us? Uh, I'm the same as Mike. Everything in my gut says Russell Wilson shows up tonight and the Seahawks win. Maybe they win by one. Maybe they win by two. Kyler Murray is a dog, 12-4-2 against the spread. Boom. Kyler Murray is a road dog, 7-1 against the spread. Bang! Cardinals 5-0-1 oh, against the spread. Their last five is a dog. Pow! 13-3-2 against the spread. Last 18 division games on the road. Boom. Road team in this matchup, 9-2-1. Last 12. Boom. Underdog, 9-1-1 against the spread. Last 11 meetings. <laughs> and the Cardinals are 5-0 against the spread. Their last five in Seattle. Boom. Put that with the Seahawks being 1-4 against the spread. Their last five. And 1-5 against the spread. Their last six against the NFC West. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the points. Oh, jeez. Do you have anything on Russell primetime? Do you have any of those? Well, I have the Seahawks on last 10 Thursday games or 7-1-2 and two against the spread. Oh. But I also have, you know, the Seahawks after a loss last week. I had all those stats. True. I mean, this is – Russell Wilson is not playing like Russell Wilson, and until he does again, then – It's not a smart bet to – It's not. And I everything in my gut says the Seahawks show up, Russ shows up, and they win. But I have to take the Cardinals and the points. I have to. Yeah, you'd be doing your stats a disjustice if you didn't. Same. Me too. You're taking the cards? No. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking the cards, okay? 
I'm taking the cards, and I've lost a lot of money. And I love that we're all on the same side here because this has not been working out in our favor. And I'm going to go with the under as well, 57 and a half. I'm going to go under 57 and a half. I think it's calling for rain a little bit. Yeah, uh, a little rain. Yeah, 40 degrees, a little rain. May I think defenses maybe show up a little bit more than they have in the past. And for whatever reason, it feels like everybody thinks that the over is going to hit. Even Lombardi alluded to it about being a shootout. Mm-hmm. So for that reason alone, like I'm just betting the under just because it feels like that is how the over-under normally goes. Hey, I'll go to the fucking loony bin with you, Paul. We going under? I'll go to the under with you. Ah, Tony Unders tilting the kilt on this thing. <laughs> Cardinal, wow. Cardinals have been an under team this year too. They're on, they're four and zero to the under their last four road games. Ma. All right, so cards and under. You doing both with me? Yeah. Let's go. Let's start two and zero on the weekend. Buddy. Yeah. Uh, Let's do it. Are Eric's- you going under too? No, I, I mean I don't really know the. I would lean towards the under. I think when it's when the, that number gets up to the fifty-seven, unless it's an overtime game, I, I don't think it'll get there. I really don't. I'll give I you, think running game is going to matter here. I really do. I'll give you I some. Mean, last time they played, best. the last time they played Seattle, I think. Wait a minute, the last time they played Seattle, Seattle ran for one fifty-nine against them, and I think Arizona ran for. Uh, I'm sorry. Seattle ran for 209, and Arizona ran for 159 in the game. No Carson tonight, though, for Seahawks. Arizona is 2-0 to the under as an away underdog. They are 4-0 to the under as an away team. Look at us, dude. We're making good calls here. Now, they granted, are, that probably means we're going to get fu- – They are one in, or 5-1 and one to the under at, in conference games. Let's go. Let's do it, huh? All right, quickly, before we get out of here, those are our picks for that. I want to do Thursday teasers, just a little Thursday treat for everybody. Um, Before we get out of here, I have – let's see here. I have – Michael, do you remember yours? Yeah, I do. I am right here. I I like Green Bay plus 7.5. Oh, yeah. I like Miami plus – I get plus – it's minus 3, so I get Miami plus 3, right? Oh, oh yeah. And then I get Atlanta plus 11. Ooh. No, I'm sorry. Scratch Miami. I took Kansas City. Yeah, minus two. Uh, what, what's Kansas City? I get Kansas City minus two, and I get Atlanta plus eleven. Yep. <laughs> Gumpy, what do you got? I got a four. I got a four game seven point teaser. Oh, you going seven? Okay. So I got the Steelers minus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Vikings as a pick'em. Chiefs minus one, and Packers plus eight and a half. Pat, I got a five game seven point teaser. Okay. Got Arizona plus ten. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals plus eight and a half. Uh huh. Carolina Panthers plus eight and a half. Pittsburgh Steelers minus three and a half against the Jags, and Tennessee Titans plus twelve against the Baltimore Ravens. Nice. And I have a six team, plus five hundred odds, uh, six point spread or six point teaser. Falcons up to ten and a half. Bengals up to seven and a half. Vikings down to minus one against the Dallas Cowboys. Packers plus seven and a half. Chiefs minus two. And the Rams plus ten against the Bucks. Nice. There is a thought to fade NFC East teams this weekend. Give it to me. What? NFC East teams in non-divisional games are combined 6-14-1 against the spread. Three out of six of those covers are by the Giants. You got the Cowboys in Minnesota the Eagles in Cleveland, and the football team against the Bengals. Oh, wow. That- Everybody's jumping all over. The, 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 look at that line. Look at, look at your 
Tell, look, look at your line on that one. It's got 51.49, and yet that line's moving up to – and the money's only 44% of the money's on Cleveland, oh. and yet that's going to move to four. Yeah, so all the money's on the Eagles, but the yeah, it's gonna the line is gonna get harder for the Browns, which yeah. does not does not make sense. Little reverse line movement. That's Billy Walters. That's Billy Walters. Yeah. We gotta find what Billy's up to. I'll work on that today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let us know, Michael. Thanks for everything. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Yeah. Have a good one, buddy. Good luck to everyone else tonight too. Need it. This Come is, on. I mean, Let's have is, a night. This here. is part of the season where Vegas gets very good, and you know you got to be better than Vegas. That's what we got to do. We Listen, be better than we've Vegas. had enough time to study the film. Yes. Okay. Vegas has algorithms and computers sure. and artificial intelligence and all this yeah. stuff. And, you know, they got all that. We just need our brains, baby. Correct. Okay. We watch the games. They're over there in their big chandelier mansions. Uh-huh. Letting other, we watch the games. We put in the work. We should feel confident. Yes. So we should. Gumpy and Lombardi are on the cards. Me and you are on the cards and under. Let's yeah, do yeah. it. Cards house tonight. Cards house. House cards. Need it. Need it. Hammer. Done. Done.